October 25th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Aleph Amud Bet, five lines from the bottom. We began this issue yesterday. Let's briefly return to it and then see the proofs of Rabbi Yohanan. So the Gemara Itmar means a statement in the Midrash with regards to Rabbi Yohanan and his counterpart Resh Lakish. Rabbi Yohanan Amar Holkin Ir Ahat Lishne Shivatim. Veresh Lakish Amar En Holkin Ir Ahat Lishne Shivatim. Their debate, their disagreement is about if there is one city which lies in between the plots of two tribes from Israel. Who gets claims to that city? According to Rabbi Yohanan, you split it. If there's three quarters in the Helik in the portion of Yehuda, they get three quarters of that city. Now, if there's a quarter that remains in the Helik in the portion of Shimon, Shimon would get a quarter of it, and there's no problem to do so. Resh uh, Lakish, in contrast, there's no such thing. The majority stakeholder would be the one who takes control of the city in its entirety with regards to, of course, inhabitants. Who gets to settle there? What, at what juncture in time are we talking about? According to Rashi, we're talking about historically. We're talking about when Yehoshua brought Am Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. How'd they deal with it? Not the, the breakup could not have been perfect with regards to cities. And the question, therefore, is somewhat theoretical because we're not returning to the past. The question is, how did they split up the uh, portions at that time with regards to cities that may have been split? Others suggest, Yad Raman, others suggest, this is talking about a future Hanukkah. This is in the future when uh, Mashiach comes, when we return to Eretz Yisrael and we'll go back to splitting the land by Shevatim. How are you going to determine it then? There are many cities in the country and they weren't planned out, mapped out based on Shivatim's uh, inhabitants of the land. How are you going to split it up? Either way, you slice it. That's the question between Rabbi Yochanan and Shlakish. What does it have to do with our Masechet? Says the Gemara Etive Rabbi Yochanan Resh Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan posed the following question to Resh Lakish. Again, Rabbi Yochanan, who maintains that a city could and should be split into two if necessary, he asks from our Mishnah. If you recall, our Mishnah, deriving it, of course, from Pesukim and Devarim Perik Yod Gimal, has the particular laws of Ir Hanidahat. Now, the Mishnah did not just stipulate that the people who sway who sway, who are the madihim, the individuals or the collective of the city to do avodah zarah, that they need to come from the city. That was one statement of the Mishnah. Furthermore, the Mishnah said, Charlie was just talking about it before the class, they need to be from the same shevet. Wait a second. If they're from the same city, Resh Lakish, didn't you tell me every city could only be inhabited by one shevet? Why a double mention in our Mishnah? The Mishnah seems to say there could be a city with two shivatim. You could have madihim, those who are convincing others to do avodah zarah, who are from the same city. They're from Brooklyn, but they're not from shevet. I don't know if Brooklyn shevet Yehuda. They're from a different shevet. Clearly, a city could be split. Resh Lakish says Rabbi Yohanan to him into two. Says Adchi Yehu. These are the words of the Mishnah. Madihia meotah the words in our Mishnah are double-fold with regards to the qualifications of the Madihim in this Irhanidahad needs to be from the same city. And number two, according to Yudash Takish, it's one and the same. There's no such thing as just having from the same city but not from the same Shevet. My love. Meaning it could be split. Biohanan claiming to Resh Lakish. My love is the following, not so. Even if you qualified one of these uh, uh, obligations of the Mishnah, that it's from the same city, 
if there were, in yes, if there were from the madihim me'oto shevet in ilo lo. The only way it's going to be considered an idahat is if the madihim, if those who are convincing to Abu Dazara, are also from the same shevet. Apparently, says Rabbi Yohanan, you'll have inhabitants of this city from different shevatim. Clearly, a ir, a city, could and should be split into two. Why would you split the city in the first place? Based on the inheritance of the land, which we got. No, no, no. We're just bringing a proof from there. It's not going to circle back to give us something about it. Other, we're using Iranidachat to prove an altogether different debate. Says that says Rabbi Yohanan Shema We can derive from this Holkin we can derive from this Mishnah, we can understand from it, that a single city could be split into two. For no other reasons other than technical ones, these are the portions, and there's a city which outstretches into another. Says Resh Lakish, or responds the Gemara for Resh Lakish, I can come up with two circumstances where it might be that there are two Shivatim in a single city even though, quote unquote, it's not the way it was supposed to be, even though that's not the way it actually was. We didn't split it that way, but it fell out that way. How so? Either. They could. We're going to try to find the situation where they would. Keep in mind, you're dealing with eternal inheritance in the land. So generally speaking, you didn't. You lived with your clan. I know it sounds a little bit uh, foreign to our modern ears where we live wherever we yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much to our community. That's true. But, you know, generally speaking, that's, that's right. Uh, the land is yours forever. So if you left, you gave up your inheritance. Um, the answer is, uh, you, you didn't really give up the inheritance, though. It's yours for eternity. So you could return at most times, under most circumstances, and reclaim it. So the understanding over here, and other words, Nathan says, maybe you're sojourning, maybe you're staying in another place. You might be, we're not really going to consider that your city, because you don't actually have a permanent stake over there, or a permanent uh, holding over there. It's not actually yours. It's from that shevet. <laughs> Says the Gemara, Lo, I'll come up with one of two. First explanation is <clears throat> that perhaps these men got the portion in this city, Yerusha. Yerusha, of course, means an inheritance. Explains Rashi, we're talking about an inheritance from their mother. There could be a circumstance, we know the story of Benotzelov Had in the Torah, of women <coughs> whose father doesn't have a son. If the father doesn't have the son, well, who does he inherit the land to? He might inherit it to his daughter. What happens if the daughter then goes, marries uh, out of the tribe? Well, who gets that land now? Well, it means that it's now going to be owned effectively by someone outside of the tribe. So here you're dealing with a woman who got, mar- who got an inheritance, got married to someone from a different shevet, and now the portion in that same city, which was the city of Yehuda, now got overtaken, not fully, but this portion by Shimon. Maybe that's where you'd have a circumstance, says Resh Lakish, of people from the same city, but from a different shevet. Iname, alternatively, this is a long line, of, of Nathan, as we need to qualify it legalistically, maybe it was given to those who are living there, residing there, as a matana. That's a formal present. In other words, I say to you, I didn't sell it to you per se, I gave you this portion away, even though it's my portion, it's my shevet, I give it to you. You could be living there, and in such a circumstance, you could find, even though the city 
at its inception was not split into two. It wasn't Yehuda and Shimon. Nonetheless, there are people from Shimon uh, residing in Yehuda. Why are they residing there? They either got it as a present or their mother received it as inheritance and then married into a different Shevet. Says the Gemara, furthermore, Rabbi Yohanan is still trying to prove his point. Keep in mind, Rabbi Yohanan is disagreeing with Resh Lakish. Rabbi Yohanan's opinion is a city could be split into two Shivatim was supposed to be so if it extended into the portions of the plots of two Shivatim. Etive, the Pasuk says, with regards to uh, dividing the lands, Pasuk in Sefi Yehoshua. So here's what took place. We got the portions in the land, but Levi, the Shevet of Levi, never got a portion in the land. Each one of the Shivatim were to give cities from their portion to the Leviim. And the Pesukim describes some of that. So here's one Pasuk in Sefi Yehoshua, which describes the d- division of individual Shivatim, giving it to Levi. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, Arim Tesha Me'et Sheneha Shivatim Ha'ele. Pasuk is, that's why I've been dealing with Yehuda and Shimon throughout, talking about the Shivatim Yehuda and Shimon. Pasuk in turn describes how nine cities from their portions were given to the Levim. Pause for a second. Nine cities from two Shivatim. Now, it would stand to reason that they were sharing these. In other words, otherwise it would say that one of them gave five, and the other one gave four, one of them gave six, the other one gave three. The fact that you mention it, listen, Abe and Eddie donated uh, $10 to the synagogue, gave, it sounds like this was something that was shared amongst you. Why would we say it that way otherwise? Why not say uh, you gave four and he gave six, he gave five and he gave... The fact that it mentions in that funny way as nine, it sounds like for some reason they were partners in this. They had dual ownership of these cities. Wait, says Rabbi Yohanan Teresh Lakish, you see? There is such a concept. There is dual ownership. And maybe, he says, as a result, my love, perhaps we should suggest, arba'u palgamehai, arba'u palgamehai. For example, it must have been there was four and a half from Shevet Shimon and four and a half from Shevet Yehuda. We imagine they're giving equally. If they're giving equally, we came up with an odd number somehow, and we came up with an odd number somehow, and aren't describing that one gave five and the other one gave four, it must be that they're sharing one of those cities. Shema'amina, we could derive from this, says Rabbi Yohanan again, Hulkin irahat lishne shivatim, answers Resh Lakish, or the Gemara for Resh Lakish, lo I know it sounds a little funny, it's a little bit uh, peculiar, you wouldn't talk generally speaking like that, but it probably was just five from one and four from the other. Well, if that's the case, says the Gemara, again, keep in mind, because there's no such thing according to Resh Lakish as having half and half. Ihache responds to the Gemara, or the Biochanan to Resh Lakish, and says, Lifrosh Parushe, so that if it was really that Abi gave four and Eddie gave six, or let's do the numbers of the Gemara, five and four, why don't you just explicate it? Why don't you just make that clear? The donations, you said, they gave nine altogether. Say one gave five and the other one gave four. It's funny, and the other Shivatim are going to talk in such a fashion. Says the Gemara Kashya, period. Kashya explains the Rashi at the very top of the page is not what the Gemara sometimes uses the word tiyuvta or even teku. Tiyuvta or teku means, generally speaking, Rashi explains to us, we don't have an answer for that. Kashya. That means they had an answer, they didn't find it to be a sufficient answer, so they leave the matter at that. Uh, Rashi writes this in several places, you could see it at the top of the page. Kashya says, Rashi, Lashon ha-pasuk kashe, letaretz, leman amar holkin, 
the lashon, the wording of the pasuk is difficult to explain according to Resh Lakish, or excuse me, according to, um, according to uh, uh, Resh Lakish, Lemandamar Cholkin, uh, one second, now this is according to Rabbi Yohanan, okay, do they change the Nosach and the Gemara of the Oz I probably should say Lemanda Mar En Holkin. Anyway, Avalot Mitotav. Those are the important critical words over here in Rashi. Lo Mitotav means we didn't ask a question to the extent that we didn't have any answer. That's what he's alluding to. What sort of answer could you give over here? Hidushe Haran, Rabbeinu Nisim Girondi, suggests that the reason perhaps it says nine altogether, even though it wasn't split, even though it was five and four, it goes as follows. It's, um, it's the portion of Shimon actually found its way in Yehuda. It was kind of nestled into Yehuda, if you look at the map of division. And as a result, it made sense to talk about it as nine. Uh, they work right next to each other, Eddie and Abe, if it were to be the case. So yeah, one of them gave four, the other one gave five. We mentioned it all together because they were nestled one inside the other. Is it a perfect answer? Not a perfect answer. We'd still like it to say five and four. But that's what the Gemara finishes. And the Gemara now, as a result, has no conclusion to this issue and moves on. We will see over the course of this Amud a lot of those questions. Potential answer, stopping and moving on. Iba'ayalehu says the Gemara, I have another question. And now back to our issue of Eid Hanidahat in its uh, real sense. Hudehu me'elehen. Mahu, what's the halakha if the Eid Hanidahat individuals and collective on their own come to Avodah Zarah? Keep in mind the Pasuk said there are Bene Belial who were Yase'u, there are these wicked, terrible people who convinced others to worship Avodah Zarah. What if there were no convincers? I don't know how it happened. Everybody drank the same Kool-Aid on their own. They all wake up in the morning, they want to worship Avodah Zarah. There's no one swaying them. The Pasuk in Torah says people convince them. There's no convincers. What's the halakha? What's that? Is it worse? Is it still? But it's not what the Torah says. It says the Gemara on the one hand, Vayadihu amarachmana. The Torah says, and they convinced others to worship. And it doesn't say, alternatively, that they did it on their own. Keep in mind, it might be better. When there's a, a cult with a leader, people might really be attached to this. And really, as, a result, as, a, as opposed to kind of testing this out on our own. That's what we'll be dealing with. Or perhaps, as the Gemara, maybe even if they, on their own, came to this. Uh, in truth, Aruch Laner likens this Gemara to the Gemara we saw earlier in the Masechet and uh, Memhe, where the Gemara is a Mahloket, whether Keraki Dichtiv, whether it needs to be the Pasuk exactly as it states it, or we can perhaps extend it. It's a larger, uh, more elaborate conversation, but that's the question of the Gemara over here. Tashema says the Gemara will bring a proof from our Mishnah, Hidihuha Nashim Uktanim. If you recall, our Mishnah said if women or children are convinced, uh, the others to do Avodah Zarah, it's non Irhanidahat. Again, they put to death, put to death by Sekila, but they're not considered Irhanidahat. Wait a second, why not? Because they're not good convincers. What you told me, potentially, you don't need to be convinced by another. You don't need to be convinced by another, so we'll say, in such a circumstance, ask the question, even if you're going to say, so they weren't really convinced in the formal sense, in the Torah, legalistic sense, by the Ketanim and the Nashim, all right, then they convinced themselves. They should be considered Clearly, says the Gemara, it appears that if they're if they weren't convinced by others, 
years, then it's not considered an Yerhani Dachat. Otherwise, I'd say Ketanim and Nashim is as if they were Hudachu Me'elehen. Answers the Gemara, no, even this circumstance is lower than Hudachu Me'elehen, which means we have stages, we have levels over here. You have, on the one hand, you are convinced. That's the Torah tells you that's Irhani Dachat. On the bottom, you have children and, and women. We'll talk about why that's on the bottom. That's clearly not Irhani Dachat. You have in the middle, which we're not certain about, where they convinced themselves. Why would women and children be below themselves? Says the Gemara Hanach Batar Nafshayu Girire. Says the Gemara, the, the difference, or Giridera she has, the difference between these is as follows. If it's following children and women, we don't assume that the individuals, the collective in the city, are doing this full-heartedly. They might be attracted, they might think they're cute, they might just be involved in this to test it out. That's not going to be considered Yerhani Dachat. If they did it on their own, well, maybe that's as a strength to it. If they were convinced by another, there's no question. There's certainly Irani Dahat. We're still uncertain, and the Gemara leaves it as a question. If Hudahume Elehin is going to be considered Irani Dahat. So we got our three levels. No, level one, certainly Irani Dahat when they're convinced by others. Level three, when they are convinced by children and, and women, we assume they're not really full heartedly in this per se. In the middle, when they're Hudahume Elehin, we don't have an answer. Says the Gemara onward, Adchi Yudah. Ruba, if you recall, the, the Mishnah told us, it was a dirashah from the Pasuk, it needs to be majority of the city uh, turned to Avodah Zarah. I'll repeat, if the majority is not turned to Avodah Zarah, the individuals get killed. No alenu, by sekilah. If the majority, then they have the special status of Yirani Dachat, they're killed in a different fashion, Saif, and their property is destroyed and burnt. Hechi Avdinan, says the Gemara, okay, let's just try to figure out how this works. You need the majority of the city to be convicted of Avodah Zarah. Let's imagine, small, old-time cities. Let's imagine there's 3,000 people, 2,000 people. I don't know, find a small number in your mind and still explain to me how this works. You need to, on each one of these, have two witnesses who testify that they saw it and they gave a word. I mean, this is, how are you going to pull this off? And what are you going to do in the interim? You need to get to, you need a full census of the city. Can we, can we get two witnesses on the whole collection? No, no, you need on each I mean, unless they were all in mass doing it, but then you need, a, a, you need two witnesses to talk about each one of them and say, we gave them a warning. I mean, this is going to span uh, years. And keep in mind, spanning years is not so simple because you're gonna, you're gonna. I'm already ruining what the Gemara is getting to. You're gonna turn to the first one, two witnesses, everything, conviction in place. What do you do with him now? I'm uncertain whether there's majority or not. You're gonna incarcerate him for how long? You're gonna put him in jail while he's on death row, literally without opening up the case for how long? Says the, nah, he can't do that. Says the Gemara, Hechi Avdinan. How do we do this? Amar Rav Yehuda, Danin ve'Chovshin, Danin ve'Chovshin. Says Rav Yehuda, that's it. That's how you have to do it. Danin, you judge. Chovshin la'havosh means to, to, to literally means to strap up, but over here it means to incarcerate. You put them in jail. You're done. You got a thousand people until you get to a thousand and one. Each one of them is put in jail. You have ten thousand people until you get to five thousand and one. Each one's put in jail. Is there a problem with Abu Dhabi? Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. That's not the issue over here. The issue over here is that you have so many people, and you don't know. You have the, each one of them. You have hatra and aidut. That's all in place. You don't know what to do with him. 
Do I put him? He's going to be put to death regardless. But how long are you waiting until you determine how he's being put to death, what you're doing with his property? I mean, it's man. Uh, you're really setting up, potentially, uh, a, a ridiculous situation. You're going to strain your court system. You're going to mess up a city. The common, I mean, Everything will fall What's apart. The timing if they catch the first one? Normal, normal timing. You can't do it immediately. How long can you go? Uh, I don't know know of a limit that we have. I don't know of a limit that we put on it. I know we have a a minimum limit. Allah says you can't do this. I don't know that we have a specific number, Nathan, but we do have a principle. It's called Inui Hadin. Nimsa Ata. Says it's inappropriate. I mean, there's a real musar in this. Even though these individuals are convicted, as Teddy pointed out, they're first, first, certainly convicted for avodah zarah. They're going to be put to death. You still need to treat them with a certain dignity. Uh, what sort of dignity? You can't extend their time on death row. It's inappropriate. That's called inui hadin. Inui over here means you're inflicting pain upon them. They are just hanging. They're dangling, and potentially for years. It's not fair to them. They're going to be put to death, put them to death. No, 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 but we're uncertain whether it's sekila or saif. Are they irhani dachat or not? You can't do that. How long are you going to let this extend for? Ela rather says, Ula, there's a different way of dealing with this. Or there was, if this ever happened, uh, Stanley, another way that they dealt with this. For the individuals and saif, for the ones who are bringing them in. For, for the Madihim, but the Torah says the Nidahim. The Torah says Kol and Shehair, all the people. I thought you were going. I thought you were going to this one. El- now you're. T- I understand two things. First of all, Tishuba, we in Betin are not going to accept it in such a way. We don't accept Tishuba. No, no, there's no such thing. Betin Shelmata, we never accept Teshuvah to change, a, a, because otherwise everybody would say, I did Teshuvah, and we'll have murderers and robbers all over the place. There's no such, such reality. The question is, uh, perhaps it's a good thing for him, he'll be able to repent before he, uh, On the other hand, uh, perhaps he'll become more depressed. He keeps thinking about his death. Maybe he's swearing against God in this time. Inui Adin, we do this swiftly. Ela amar ula danin vesoklin, danin vesoklin. Ula, and this is where I thought you were going, Nathan. The way we deal with this is each, let's say there's 2,000 people. Until you get to number 1,001, the first 1,000 got sekila. You treated them as individuals. That's uh, so why you have to deal. Once you got to, you're keeping a tally, though. There's 2,000 is my census. I'm up to 1,000. When I get to 1,001 and onward, now I know majority of the city did Avodazah. Each one of those gets saif, and their property gets confiscated and so forth. In other words, the way, according to Ulayas, you have to do this. In what respect? So, so. Yeah. Right. So, so hang on. So, AB raises and, and, and nobody's nobody's certain about this. There's a mahlokin in the in the mifarshim about this point. If the first thousand got sekila, the haronim all debate this to the best of my knowledge. First thousand, do they keep their stuff or not after a thousand and one? Once you hit 1,001 and you realize retroactively they were all from Irhani Dahat, do you now say, even though they got Sekila, let's take away their stuff? In their Gezardin, in their final verdict, they were found for Sekila. I understand. Or maybe they're outside of that and they're half in and half Not simple. If. So. 
Let's okay. Let's let's make it better. There, two things. First of all, it's not their property; they're dead. Secondly, what if it's outside? I got you. So can I walk in and grab the stuff and walk out for them? Do you know what I'm saying? You're right. You're going to destroy everything. Or alternatively, it's already out. Okay. Say it again. Yeah. Yes. What are you asking about that? If 10... No, no, middle of the process, it's going to go based on when we started it. We need to go based on when we started. We determined then this is potentially in honey that when When we first opened the case. That's it. We opened the case. We heard. We determined there's a lot of Abu Dazara. And you have testimony that did Abu Dazara later on. It's not going to work. But they're not going to change. Those guys came and they changed the majority for when we opened the case. It's after their 30 days. We have no conclusion. The Gemara now gives two different, well, one different opinion. Itmar, you have a statement from Rabbi Yohanan. Itmar and Rashakish. Rabbi Yohanan Amar Danim Vesoklin, Danim Vesoklin. Rabbi Yohanan's opinion is identical to that of Ula. How do you deal with this? Danim Vesoklin. You deal with the first, I'm calling it thousand, the first amount before you get to the majority, as individuals. Rashakish Amar, he has another way of dealing with this. That is a third way. The way you'd have to do this, the way they would do this is they bring in lots of judges to the city. You erect, you establish many batedinim. So I said it's going to be going on forever, it's going to exhaust our resources and so forth. No, no, we're going to do this express style. If you've ever been to an Ashkenazic, an Ashkenazic synagogue on Simchat Torah, I have more than once. Anyway, what they do is they break up the knees and they put many sifre Torah and everybody gets an aliyah, but instead of waiting for every person to get up to say, I don't know if everyone does, many of them do this, every, you have many, so that's what you did, you pop up shops of all these bateh dinim in order to deal with the issue over here. Oh, that's an interesting thing, so this way you could do this all in a day, maybe. If you brought in enough judges, says the Kimara, but it's still not so simple. Firstly, we have a derasha. Secondly, without the derasha, we might remember, I know I'm turning us back a lot, to Dafbet. Dafbet in Ewa It's the very first page we had a Mishnah, and the Mishnah was a long one. Mishnah told us there's 23 for some Batedinim and 3 for other ones, and there's 71 for yet other ones. 71 our Sanhedrin, what we call Gedola. For Eir Hanidachat, explicit in the Mishnah, we're going to have a derasha in the Pasuk in just a moment. You needed a Bedin, Sanhedrin HaGedola. You needed 71. There's only one Sanhedrin. You can't bring many Sanhedrin. There's only one Supreme Court. That's right. Now, sometimes to put to death with Sikila for, for uh, 23, Eir Hanidachat needs 71. When we had Sanhit in Resh Lakish, that's what we're asking on him. We don't, Resh Lakish, it doesn't make, we can't wrap our head around your comment. Your comment is we're going to treat them all and deal with it quickly. We're going we're gonna to deal with each one of them. Within one day, we'll know if it's majority and then we'll sentence them. But in order to sentence them as Irhanidahat, it needed to be have done by Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin can't do that all in one day. You can't have more than one Sanhedrin. Yeah, we're talking about judging on a national level, which is a city and an individual level. So ultimately, you have to get to the dean of the individual level. It's still going to be Inui Haddin. 
I gotcha, though. You're onto something. Hang on for a second. Says the Gemara, ini. Is it really so? The word in in Aramaic means yes. So in other words, when the Gemara says ini, it's always incredulous. Yeah, that's all. The Pasuk says with regards to um, taking out an individual who did Avodah Pasuk says, uh, the Pasuk says, oh, you will take out to Sha'ar Ha'ir, to the regular Beit Din, not traffic court per se, Eli, but the 23 Beit Din, right? That's, uh, you'll take the man or the woman to the regular Beit Din, or the Sanhedrin Ketana, you'll take them to the Beit Din of 23. Pasuk says over here that you need to take individuals to, or you can take individuals to, the smaller uh, Sanhedrin. The larger Sanhedrin is not necessary for a full city. So how do you deal with this Resh Lakish? Joe says the Gemara, Elam Marbin Lahen Bate Dinim. Says Resh Lakish, listen, I'm with you. I'm not saying that each one of these smaller Bate Dinim of 23 are going to sentence to death as Eid Hanidahat, but what they will do is they'll get the process going. Me'ayinim bidinehim. Each one of these Bate Dinim with qualified judges, highest level qualified judges, will look into the matter. Le'ayin means to look into. The Dinehim means the laws. Umaskinan lehu betin hagadol. Once you've finished in all these 23, we had 2,000 people. We set up uh, 40 Bate Dinim of 23 throughout the city. None of them sentenced finally, but they did determine we have witnesses and we have everything corroborates the fact that this person worshipped Avodazah one after another. You take all of those who now emerge as the majority of the city, bring them to Sanhedrin. You could do this all in a day, maybe two days. You bring them to Sanhedrin. We call that Betin Hagadol. Ve'gamre lehu ledinayhu. And they finish the deen. They finish the judgment. Ve and in turn they get sekila. That's probably the, the strongest claim is that of Resh Lakish. I mean, that's just my, myself speaking. But we had three potentials with regards to how this was done. We had... Um, that you're going to do, again, several things to remember. Number one, to the best of my knowledge, this never happened. Number two, how often will it happen? So, you know, you, but yeah, this is probably the best way to deal with it. The majority is already convinced you have enough judges. I, you, you know something, I, I met with a rabbi about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I, whatever issue he's from Israel, whatever spe- issue specifically he's dealing with, but he's not dealing with what's called the Rabbanu Tarashit. He has many Dayanim, he's dealing with whatever the issues. And so I asked him, why are you not dealing with the chief rabbinate? So he said to me, are you aware of, and I'm not, but he, are you aware of how many qualified Dayanim we have in the land of Israel today, he says the Rabbanut has a cap, and they've extended that cap in terms of how many people they're going to put out to the Bate Dinim. But we have more qualified judges than we have courts to deal with these sorts of issues. So, you know, he did say, in an unprecedented way, Am Yisrael is knowledgeable in these sorts of matters. I, I would say confidently today we could pull this off. Was it always the reality? I'm not certain now that they they're not qualified to put to death, but I imagine if we had that penalty, they would be, because it sounds like they're the qu- highly qualified. Yeah. Maybe the logic was they start trying these people, they bring them to court, they start killing them, right? <laughs> the other people start thinking, you know, maybe this Abu Dazar thing is not such a good idea. And they start, you know, slowly but surely people, you know, move away. Not the guys that were caught, convicted, and tried. It's an interesting, so Morris says, even though it's Inui Hadim, again, it's not going to, what you're saying is not going to hold water because because we won't do it, but you're, but you're saying it makes a noise, it makes a noise and as a result is a deterrent. That's the concept. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I would also say, just 
from a national level you're looking at this, there's a problem on a national level. I think what Rachel Akish is saying is you have to search the individual, see where the problem is, and we have to assess it on the national right. level also. Right, so understood. I know it's, Joey, Joey points out the beauty of Resh Lakish's approach. It's kind of combining, it's merging each one of the Shivatim and Arim to the national issue. It's, it's uh, you know, what, what I understand America is having difficulty doing. It's taking the Supreme Court and giving it a conversation and a connection to many of the smaller courts in the cities and states and that sort of matter. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yes, Shimon Ben Shatah. Yeah, so, well, first and uh, I'm not fully certain. I don't know. You want to know? It was Inui Hadin there as well. I don't know. I, I, it was, the, the whole, that whole circumstance was shrouded in mystery. I'm not certain. I, I don't know. Says the Gemara onward, that's a great question. Haket, if, if I do recall, the Rishonim had many difficulties figuring out everything with regards to them, exactly the details of how that's reported. Haket, haket, ha'ir says the Gemara, we have a beraita, which brings us back to the camel caravans and the uh, donkey caravans. Tanur Rabbanan, ha'hameret v'hagameret ha'overet mimakom lemakom. If you recall, you have a donkey caravan, you have the camel caravan, and they're traveling from place to place. What if they slept in this city of Abu Dazara, and in turn, they were swayed, they were convinced to worship Abu Dazara together with them. What's their status? I already told you in the Mishnah what the Biraita. We know they could become a part of it. To what extent? Says the, says the Biraita, it gives us details. If they were there for 30 days, hen v'saif v'mamuna maved. If it was 30 days, they are considered They are part of the dwellers of that city. Less than 30 days, even though they did Abu Dazara, they're going to be put to death with Sekila, but hen biskila umamunam palet. They'll get Sekila, but their property will be separate, and as a result, it might help out the city. They're not going to be counted as part of the majority. They're not part of that city. Uramini says the Gemara, we have a question. Ramen Aramaic means to place. Uramini means we're placing one statement of the rabbis on top of the other. What does it say? Kama ba'ir now the context, as Rashi points out, is we're dealing with over here liten in the rabbinic uh, jurisdiction with regards to if you live in a city and you have to pay taxes to the city in order to sustain the inhabitants, what are you with regards to this city? When do we consider you a dweller or inhabitant of this city? At what point do we start taxing you and saying you're involved in the, uh, in, in the uh, resources that are necessary? Says the Beraital over here, Yod Bet Chodesh, 12 months. Well, 12 months? You just told me 30 days. Which one is it? Is 30 days established with me as part of the city? Or is it 12 months? On the one hand, this Beraital with regards to paying the taxes and making certain that everyone's uh, handled 12 months. On the other hand, with regards to Eid Hanidah, he told me 30 days. Amarava, Lakashia, says Rava. There's no contradiction over here. If you recall the Lashon of the Pasuk, the words of the Torah were, you need to haket haket called Yoshevehaye. Lashevet, Lashevet means to dwell. To dwell need not mean I'm actually a part of this. I'm a hameret, I'm a gamelet. You hear 30 days, you're enough a part of us to be considered part of this sin, part of our team on this. What? A 30 days to be influenced to the extent that we say you're on our side in being influenced. If you're going to pay taxes, 
you go, you have to really be a part of this. Are you really entrenched in this? Are you considered Benehair? Are you a member of this city? Now, when you're 30 days, you're not a member, but you were part of the team. You could be a part of the team in their 30 days. We can distinguish, and in fact, lastly, says the Gemara, we have another legal realm, another halakha area where this issue arises. What about the following situation? There is something called a neder. A neder means I prohibit to myself benefit from another. What if I make the following? Hatanya, the Beraita teaches, it's not a question. Hamudar hanaami benehair. I say that city, the benehair, the benehair, the residents of that city, I won't get benefit from them. Uh, who is benehair? Im yesh adam shenishtahasham yod bet chodesh asulehanot mimeno. Pachot miken, mutalehanot mimeno. I said from the inhabitants, from, excuse me, the residents of that city, the inhabitants of that city, what's the halacha? 12 months. If it's less than 12 months, the guy's been there 11 months, I'm allowed to get benefit. What if instead of saying benehair, I said yoshevehair, the dwellers of that city? Everyone's included? No, there's a cutoff. What's the cutoff if I say the dwellers of that city? 30 days. If I say, I'm mudar from Effectively, what the Gemara does in its last uh, uh, juncture over here with regards to the issue of who are Yoshevehair, it asks the contradiction. Yoshevehair, we were accepting those who are included in the count and the death penalty means they were there for 30 days. Wait a second, I thought it's 12 months. 12 months was to be considered a resident. That's a permanent resident, 12 months. You're already permanent enough. 30 days, 30 days means you're a part of us. You're a part of us to what extent? To eat hanidachat extent, to be considered yoshev ha'ir. You're not paying taxes yet. You're not part of tzorche ha'ir. You're not a ben ha'ir, but you are yoshev ha'ir. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.